Our next guest is on the line with us, and he's an old friend from his days at the Baltimore Sun and the Washington Post. He's been with MLB.com for a number of years. He is Richard Justice. And, Richard, how long have you been with MLB.com now? Has it been a decade? Uh, Eight years. Eight years. Okay. Is it in some ways the most enjoyable job you've had because you've got to, you've got the whole sport that you're able to cover? Um, I you know I've been I've been lucky. I love my job at the Houston Chronicle. I love my job at the Washington Post. I've been really lucky. You didn't like it at the Baltimore Sun? Very much. Loved I'm just it. kidding. Loved working for Marty Kaiser and Jim House. I'm just Houck. kidding. I'm just kidding. And you got to work toe to toe with uh, Peter Schmuck, didn't you? Uh, no, I don't. Th- I think he came after I left, but uh, we've since enjoyed each other's company many days. All right. Hey, um, want to want to spin the dial with you around the world of uh, MLB dot com right now. What do you make of uh, the investigation going on right now into the cheating allegations, the stealing signs allegations against the Astros? Is it much ado about nothing, or is this serious? Mm-hmm. It's really serious. The commissioner had warned teams that uh, after the incident with the Red Sox that um, it, it, the next punishment was going to be worse. He's going to make an example out of somebody. And if your defense is others are doing it too, that's not good enough. So I think he's going to come down really hard. I think it's going to be substantial fine, draft picks, and probably a suspension or two. Wow. A suspension or two of people in the front office? I, I don't know. I, okay. I don't know. He's in a. The play, players are being interviewed. Uh, coaches are being interviewed. Managers are being interviewed, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. Either say, uh, "I warned you guys mm-hmm. that I, the next time I, I was going to tolerate it," or just say, "Ah, eh, we don't care." You know, the Nationals were ready for it in the World Series. I don't know if you noticed, but there were times. I, well, one thing I don't know if you noticed. Fox TV didn't show the catcher dropping the signs, I don't think at all. And uh, the other part of it is you saw at times the national signs were so complicated that you saw pitchers looking in their hats where there was a different decoding mechanism. Um, And and I think another part is it just slows down the game. In 2017, when the Astros were playing the Yankee Stadium in the postseason, Brian McCann was just basically walking – the signals to the mound multiple times uh-huh. a game, and that's why we were left with. That's why we got the uh, the pitch uh, uh, the, the mound visit limit. And I, Justin Verlander pitched at Yankee Stadium. I think it was this season, and you can't see the catcher dropping signs. There was some other way they were using to to signal. Um, and um, I'd heard for a while about the banging of the trash can uh-huh. and, and all of that. So. I, I don't know where it goes. I mean, do you feel do you feel they should just hey do whatever you want, or should it be stopped? I I think that there's a reason. I, I think again, when you get it's one thing to steal a sign. A guy's on second base and he relays something to the hitter, but when you have cameras dedicated that allow you to pick up the sign patterns and then you relay them some other way. I think that's gotten a little too crazy for me. Hey, Stan, I heard uh, two two stories about that. Yeah. Once a guy at second was relaying signs, and Roger Clemens stepped off the mound and took a step toward the guy. <laughs> and I think people in the infield thought he was going to 
throw a ball at the guy. <laughs> and he just looked at the guy as if to say, you know, you're going to probably hit again in this game. Right. So go ahead, ha- have your way. The other thing is <laughs> Kirk Gibson, when he was managing the Diamondbacks, got so upset about some team using a camera to steal that he had the camera, he had shoe polish put over the camera. Somebody came into his office and goes, Hey man, what was that about? That's our TV camera. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good, that's a good one. That is a good one. We're talking to Richard justice who writes for MLB.com. Richard, the other day I saw something, uh, that, that struck me as really odd at first. And then I wrapped my arms around a little bit. We're going to have dual DLs for, for position players slash batters and pitchers. It looks like the pitchers are going back to 15-day DLs and the batters right. will continue on 10-day DLs. What's the r- rationale behind that? Because teams were manipulating. Um, teams were just using the 10-day the injured list on pitchers just to basically give a pitcher rest or maneuver around to have an extra pitcher on your roster. And um, I think they just – you know, I – my friend Austin Pruitt, who pitches for the Rays, right? Uh, he was up eleven times this year, and I said to somebody with the union, I said, "That's ridiculous." And he said, "Yeah, would you rather having pitching at Durham the whole year? Because that's the other option." Right. So I, I, there's different ways to look at it. I, I remember when the Orioles turned a corner in 2012. Basically, Buck would call after a game, call down to Ron Johnson. Where was he? Where, what was their Triple A team at that, t- that it time. It was probably um, it was it was Tidewater. It was Tidewater. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was that one or the Double A team, and just go. Right. I can't remember where Ronnie was managing, and just say, "What do you got for me? I need this and this." And the Orioles that summer basically used a forty-man roster up and down, up and down. And while I could say, like Stan, when I lived in Baltimore, remember the the option rule was I think three times in your career or something it, it, was right, dramatically exactly, right. different, right? And um, and I got to thinking that's not fair. But if you get one day in the big leagues, you get one chance to pitch in the big leagues. And even like Austin was up 11 times with the Rays. Um, those were 11 times he got to spend in the big leagues and, uh, and and get a chance to pitch in the big leagues and pitch some big games in a pennant race. So I, I, the, I've come around on it like that's fair. You're getting, the more Every day you get in the big leagues is an opportunity to prove yourself. And even though it's annoying that you're leaving your wife and and child back in back in Durham, and it, it's a hassle and all of that, right? It's it's a chance. It's a chance, and probably over eleven times up, probably made maybe a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars more than he would have that, that's made. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I, I assume he got a, a full playoff share. I don't know, but there was one time he pitched a really good game in uh, September. I mean, really good, like six shutout innings or something. <laughs> and they told him, uh, manager wants to see you. And he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he said, no, you know, because rosters had expanded. He goes, he goes, no, no, I just wanted to tell you you did a good job, and this is when we're going to use you again, blah, blah, blah. He just assumed that the manager wants to see me. I'm headed back to Durham. Yep, that's that's the way, that's the way it's going these days. Um I was just reading MLBTradeRumors.com this morning, and I don't know how well you know Mark Trumbo or not, but uh, it was a little bit of a a write-up about what he's facing right now. He's 34 years old. 
Do you expect he'll play this coming season? It would seem to me if he's physically able, why would he walk away at 34? Well, is he a free agent? He's a free agent. Yeah, he finished up his three-year yeah, made, deal with the Orioles. So his career earnings are got to be around sixty million dollars, something like that. Um, I, I, you know, I like. I mean, I know Mark, but I don't know Mark. You know, I don't know what how he's feeling about it. He didn't have a good year. Um, is there something they can somebody can do for him? I, generally, as you know, Stan, the smart guys play until they cut the uniform off of them. Yeah, and. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, was he hurt the whole year? He he had a the last six or eight weeks of the 18 season, he had a bad knee injury that he couldn't get past, and he ended up missing about the last three weeks or four weeks of that season. They operated on it. And it was a it was the same surgery I think that Dustin Pedroia had, and it's oh. clear that it's a very difficult surgery to fully come back on. I was at spring training last year, uh, and by the way, he's made $59 million through his, through this okay. past season. Uh, and they were talking like March 20th. Uh, well, it looks like he's going to be back up in time for opening day, and then opening day drifted to another two weeks, and he didn't come up until like maybe September. July after the deadline. I mean, August. Yeah. Well, I know here Jose Altuve – was ready to go on opening day with a similar surgery. And he played in the playoffs with a broken kneecap. And uh, and he uh, came back and then ended up having to go back on the injured list. He, he went on the injured list with a, a pull hamstring. And when the hamstring was healed, his, uh, the, the knee just was not strong enough. And he came back. And after he came back, he had like 350 the rest of the way. I mean, right. he, was, he was great as usual. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see if Dustin Pedroia, if the word is from uh, Chaim Bloom, is that he's probably going to try and come back again this year uh, after probably a lot of lot more rehab, and we'll see if he can, uh, you know, uh, is able to, to uh, maintain physical uh, conditioning enough to play and, and be ready to play a full season. It's going to be difficult you know what, for him. I, I, uh... I sure appreciate that because I love that guy, and I think he's good for the game. And it was always hard for me to imagine the Red Sox clubhouse without Pedroia and David Ortiz in there. So, like, hey, play as long as you can. Yeah. They'll tell you when your time is up. Like, I've seen it with Hunter Pence. I mean, he signed a minor league contract with the Rangers last year just because, and I think Roger Clemens always, Roger Clemens I would always say, the only thing I ever failed at was retirement. It's like, <laughs> I understand that even on a Thursday afternoon with 8,000 people in Kansas City, it's still the greatest thing I'll ever do in my life, and I'm going to do it as long as they let me do it. Richard Justice, our guest. Richard, a couple other guys, uh, older guys. Uh, Adam Jones, uh, what do you think's in store for the once great Baltimore Oriole player? Uh, I think he'll be. I think he'll play somewhere. And think, could it be I San Diego? Do you think Machado really goes to bat for him? Is there a need in San Diego, which is also his hometown? Uh, I, but he lives in Baltimore now, right? Um, no, he's in. I think he's in Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I, oh, I thought he. I thought he had moved his, his year round home to Baltimore. No, he bought. Um, it was a little confusing. He bought Cal Ripken's mansion. But he really right. bought it when he thought he was still going to be in Baltimore, sort of for 
another family uh, house, but quickly when he didn't sign with the Orioles, uh, they showed no interest in him. He got he also sold that house. Wow, yes. that house has been yep. sold a couple of times. He'll yep. um, play somewhere, okay. and I think the the influence he had on those young guys in Arizona this year kind of reproved that there is such a thing as clubhouse uh, presence and chemistry. And, and all of that, I, I, I don't know. It'll probably be January or February, but he's a guy you want on your team. Right? Yeah. To me, like he's one of the best in terms of leadership in the room. He's one of the best I've ever been around. Yeah, he's he's pretty darn good. Um, the San Diego Padres ended up. They paid Manny Machado what three hundred million dollars, and then right. after one season, they went out and got two of his coaches. Uh, Bobby Dickerson signed a three-year deal to be the bench coach there, and they brought in Wayne Kirby as well. Um, your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I love Wayne. I love I'm, Wayne too. Everybody I'm, loves Wayne. I'm happy for Wayne. Yeah, uh, I don't know Bobby, but uh, maybe I do. I don't know, but um, you know, I don't know how, what one has to do with the other. The idea is to put the guy and make the guy as comfortable as possible. Right. And I think they're going to try to get, they're going to play hard in the free agent pitching market. It's just, you know, it, there's a lot of focus on Manny. I don't know if Manny wanted to be that guy. You know, when you get all that money, you're supposed to be the guy that's sort of the face of the franchise and speaks for the team. Like Bryce Harper's perfectly comfortable doing that. Right. Anthony Rendon is not. Right. And every guy is different. And Manny was not comfortable doing that, like holding court with the media every day. That's just not who he was. Right. Derek Jeter was. Um, in Baltimore, Eddie Murray wasn't comfortable doing that. You know, Eddie no. was much more being a soldier rather than being the front guy, you know. Right, he just hit. Yeah. He hated. I've never been around a guy that hated talking about himself as much as Eddie did. Yeah. And, like, even stories would be written that were very complimentary, and he would just go, it was Eddie this, Eddie that, Eddie this. and <laughs> Yeah, that was the idea, buddy. Yep, that's right. He was Eddie Murray. But, uh, what a great player. Oh, God. So, you know. so jumping into the free agents this this off season, uh, the top names. First of all, were you surprised Atlanta moved that preemptively and took care of their closer situation? And does that um, sort of imply strongly that they're now going to go get one of these big starting pitchers as well? Yeah, it, it absolutely does that, and. They're going to be all over Zach Wheeler and Atlanta native, but I, you hear that he wants to stay in New York. I'm not surprised they struck fast. I'm surprised that Will Smith, the one thing, the lesson of the last two free agent markets is when you get a November offer, look at it real closely because there may not be more money right. in December or January. You know, the, the thinking in years past have been, well, that's November. I mean, there will be twice as much money if I just wait till December and January. Well, sometimes they're not. And Will Smith's got something he's comfortable with. He's going to a great city and a great, and a really good team. Yep. Yeah. They're, so their, their goal now is a starting pitcher and they're going to go right down the list. I, I, I Zach Wheeler is going to come out. Is, this is going to be a good offseason to be him. And I don't know whether he's going to the Yankees, the Braves, the Phillies, uh, but um, he's the one that makes the most sense just because he's from there. He grew up rooting for Chipper Jones. But what you hear is that he he loves playing in New York, and that if the Yankees are interested, he's interested. Now, what about uh, I I did the math the other day, or not the math? I googled Hickory, North Carolina, which is where he lives, 
and he's 220 Madison miles. Madison Bumgarner? Yeah, he's 220 miles from Atlanta. Uh, is there a fit there? <laughs> yeah, there's a fit there, but Minnesota's going to be playing big in the free agent market, too. You know, they got Otto Rizzi back. They need one more guy. Uh, he's going to have a lot of choices. The Astros are interested in him. The yep. Braves, it makes perfect sense for him to go back home. Um, would he? Would he be... Would you want to play for the Twins? He's different in that with Gary Cole and Steven Strasburg and Zach Wheeler, there are really not any questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but with Madison, it's going to be, what do you think he still has left in the tank? What does he have that we can maximize? And if, if I'm Madison and the Twins want me, mm-hmm. I'm going to see what they've done to other guys to help them get better the last couple of years. And that might be a place to go. But, I, yeah, I don't know. He's... Yeah, Atlanta Atlanta does make a lot of sense. And if it's true that Zach Wheeler does want to stay in New York City, uh, then that would be the logical fit. Wheeler going to the Yankees? Yeah, with Wheeler going to the Yankees and Madison Bumgarner going to the Braves. Okay. Uh, what about Strasburg? Do you think it's a fait accompli that both sides work this out? Or, or could it get so dicey uh, because the numbers get crazy? Uh, the number is going to get crazy. Yeah. And the number on Rendon and Strasburg is going to be crazy. I mean, the number on on Rendon is seven years, 250. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Like, what if Garrett Cole signs first? What if the Angels get this done fast? All of a sudden, the market for Strasburg is going to go insane. And the Nationals, you just have to – you have to – you just have to bite the bullet and sign these guys. All the momentum. It, it's so easy for me to spend somebody else's money, <laughs> but all the momentum and the sweet, sweet story, the whole, I mean, the whole sport was rooting for you. Mm-hmm. You were such a likable team to see, to see, uh, you know, Davey and uh, Zimmerman and those guys out there. You have to, you have to keep those guys and it's going to be so far out of your comfort level mm-hmm. uh it's going to be insane but you have something good going now and i also think i think they're going to do strasburg i think there's no question about that they're going to get that done although you know you never know because when you let a guy play the whole season yep suddenly rendon can think of himself huh wonder what it would be like to play for the dodgers wonder what it would be like to go back home to texas and play for the rangers all those things and you just don't know what a guy's thinking especially with him He's, he keeps his counsel pretty good, as do both those guys. So, uh, it's risky. I so, mean, it's. I mean, it, it, if you're if you're if you're a Nationals guy, you, you're uh, you're pretty nervous. Uh, Mike Rizzo met with Scott Boris this week, and Scottsdale had a mm-hmm. long meeting. And I think it's just like we're gonna we're trying to get down the road. How do we get there? They, Scott has a good relationship with the learners. I mean, I, I think they both get done, but the Nationals need an answer because they can pivot to Josh Donaldson. But the Rangers are after both those guys, Rendon and John Donaldson, too. Rendon and or Donaldson. So it's a it's, it's a weird free agent market in that the, at the guys at the top, four, five, six, seven guys at the top are really good players. Yeah. And then after that, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, a player I'm not hearing an awful lot about is the Dodgers pitcher, Rayu. Um, yeah. where do you think, and I read the other day on MLB trade rumors, he's looking for a three or four year contract, which seemed to me to fit nicely in the wheelhouse of the Yankees. Is he a guy that could handle New York? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I think I think he might end up with the Padres. But the That's, Giants that would are be gonna, a great fit too. Yeah, the Padres. Yeah, and but he's you know he's the National League West has big ballparks, and um, but you look at what he's done the last two years. Last uh, and the, I think he's got. I think Degrom has the last two seasons. Degrom has the best ERA, and I think Ryu has the second best ERA. Right. He's really good. And right now, it doesn't look like it looks like the Dodgers are are ready to move on from yep. him. He's not a guy that's going to throw 100 miles an hour and. You have to rely on he has to pitch to spots and all that, but he's uh, his pitching attitude is off the charts. So let me ask you this: the Dodgers they haven't won a World Series since '88. They got more money than God, and I understand <laughs> that. Like you said, it's easy for us to spend other people's money, and I understand that Dave Dombrowski probably got pretty arrogant about spending John Henry's money and some of it right. ineffectively. But Friedman never really pays top dollar. Is there any chance right. that he says, look, I got a fading Kershaw. I do have Bueller, who's going to be great for a while. I'm just going to go pay Garrett Cole $40 million a year and blow everybody else out of the water. I think you're on to something. I think he wants to change the mix of players. Yeah. And if you tell me that they're going to open the season with Francisco Lindor at short, and Anthony Rendon at third, I wouldn't be surprised, and make a play for a pitcher, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to do something dramatic. And okay. if you're going to pay, if you're going to spend like that, you better get guys like that. In terms of Cole and Rendon, there are no questions. Yeah. Most free agents, there are, there's a yes, but. Yeah. No, there are no yes, but with those two guys. Those guys are both low maintenance and, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, Stan, I watched Garrett Cole probably every start this year. It was amazing to watch him. He is, he is, he and Verlander are the two most prepared guys I think I've ever been around. You know, and I, I watched uh, Pettit and Clemens for a long time. uh, He could turn you around. He could give you a different look in October. Yeah. Listen, it was splitting hairs between the two of them. I frankly was surprised that Cole didn't get the um, the Cy Young Award. But when you look at the numbers, it was so close. That really looked like if there was ever a time for a tie, that that was the time for the Cy Young Award. I agree. Both. I think that and the NL MVP with Yelich and uh, Bellinger, you could have cut the trophy in half and felt good about it. Hey, let me um, let me close with one thing. We've got, I think, seven of the eight managerial openings have been taken. The Pirates, uh, because of the delay, and uh, right. they decided to change general managers, and Ben Charrington got that job. Up to this point, who's hired? Who's hired the best two or three managers? Uh, the fits uh, of the people you think. <sighs> Well, you got, let's the, Phil- you got the Phillies, you got the Mets. You the, got- the Phillies hired a proven guy. Yep. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm very curious about how David Ross will work out with the Cubs. I'm yep. a big fan of his. Yep. Uh, who did the Mets hire? The Mets hired Beltran. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he was brought in as a mentor in Houston, and by the it was impressive by the second half of the season. He was deferring to Springer and Altuve on things, you know, like travel, uniform decisions, all of, all of that stuff. And I think a guy like Marlon Gonzalez would point to Carlos, in fact, he has, and said, that guy made me what I am today in terms of ter- uh, money, that guy made me. Uh, he was that impressive a guy to be around. 
uh, who who else? Uh, the White Sox. I'm a big. I mean, uh, the Royals. I'm a big Mike Matheny fan. I think the second time around, he's going to be really, really good. Uh, I, I think have, the Pirates. Does he have? Around. Does he have a different gear, Matheny? It just seems like he's so grim and tight-fisted right. that do his that's players true. enjoy playing for him? Well, that's what I said. Hopefully, the second time around, yeah. he'll be better. Okay. I mean, he is. I mean, he's. Yeah. He can be tough, but I'm telling you, this is a good guy. Yeah, that just you know, you know how it is. Sometimes you get in the middle of it, and you get so wound yep. so tight. The Angels hired a Hall of Fame manager. Um, the, oh, the, the Padres hired an interesting guy, Jace Tingler. <laughs> but AJ Preller has only tried to hire him about five times in different roles, and and the Rangers kept saying no, 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 and finally they said, okay, we want to make him the manager. You, you couldn't stand in his way then. That'll be a good one. That'll be a, a good one to watch. I think Gabe Kapler. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the second time around. It didn't get great reviews, but I believe in Andrew Friedman and Farhan Zaidi, and they they both they I both love Kapler. Yeah, they love the guy. And if you I don't know if you ever been around, he's one of those people person. Now he's a little different. Well, there's not a little different fuel. There's not a lot of Jewish managers, so Gabe Kapler's at the top of my list. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I mean he's he's he is intense and uh he's not going to be everybody's cup of tea but i'm telling you he's one of those guys when he walks in a room he owns the room and he's not even trying to own it he just he's a people person you know i heard steve phillips on uh, xm about a month ago talk and he was really talking about the cubs looking at kapler because it was interesting they did talk to him briefly and and right. phillips brought up the point that he was you know, Theo Epstein had a pretty good track record with hiring a young manager who hadn't made it in Philadelphia, and that guy was right. Terry Francona. Uh, Kapler is, is I think, really worth the watch, uh, how he does in San Francisco. Um, right. Last question. It's funny how they it's all over the map on those guys. Yeah. You know, like Jace Tinger, I, he, he hasn't even been in uniform that much. David Ross. You know, uh, like yeah, it, he's from that mold of former catcher. So it's a fascinating, fascinating mix of people that got but hired. If you're yeah. asking me to rank them, I'm yeah. taking Joe Madden. All I'm right. taking Joe Madden against the field. All right. <laughs> uh, two guys that didn't get a job. This is the last question uh, Dusty Baker and Buck Showalter. Have we seen their last times in uniform? I would guess. I was shocked the Mets didn't hire Buck Showalter. Yeah. I would have hired him. I would have hired him in five seconds. You want to change the culture. You want to change the work ethic, the expectations of the players. Mm-hmm. You have a guy in there that says, no, what was acceptable yesterday is not acceptable today. Now, I know Buck can be a pain. He yeah. wants to get involved in everything. He is, to me, uh, one of the one of the great managers I've ever been around. And I, I would hire him. I would have. I wouldn't even have interviewed him. I'd say, just <laughs> can you can you meet us in spring training? I mean, I, I love the guy. All right, I, I, he's he's one of the How's best. That for an endorsement. He's one of the best in-game managers I've ever seen. No question about it. Uh, as you are one of the best baseball writers I've ever talked to over our long friendship. Oh, you I, hush. What's you that? Ah, oh, well, you are. Stop. You, you are, and you know that. <laughs> uh, thanks very much. Give your wife my best, uh, and okay. we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. All right. RJ, Richard Justice.